everybody. Welcome to the show. I don't know. I, I went from wanting to start off on a really high note and really excited to now I'm just kind of bummed out for our boy. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about spoilers. And if you haven't watched yet and you're listening, I just maybe spoiled that it's going to be a guy and not a girl. Or maybe I just say that about everyone. You'll have to wait and see. But if you've already seen, we're going to talk about it. We're here on the island after episode one of Survivor David versus Goliath. Uh, I am Taylor Gaines with you as always. And we have a big event to cover and then uh, a premiere. So <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see how we can get into it. But uh, with me on the other line, he's the artery to my heart, Tyler B. Commons. Who I hope I'm not the main artery because if I'm suddenly ripped away, you'll have to move on without me. I don't know if this is a credit to the Survivor editors or a, uh, a negative thing, but one of the first things I thought of was Pat earlier in the episode mentioning that once you, once you see the crack, you never go back because <laughs> at the end you heard the crack and he didn't come back. Wow, I did not think of it that way. Apparently, it was a really loud crack, and I'm kind of sad that there was no filming for that. I mean, apparently, sort of. we'll get into this. Apparently, it was a 15-mile yeah, boat ride. Yeah, what the heck? 15 so, miles of open ocean? <laughs> I'm In that case, I'm not surprised that they were not filming the entire thing. But That's fair. I am a little skeptical whether you can actually hear someone's back crack in the middle of a tropical storm on a bouncing boat in the middle of the ocean, but that's neither here nor there, really. I, so for those who want more context than they gave you on TV, we will lay out the full story as presented by The Hollywood Reporter's Josh Wiggler because he was uh, on site for this because he was planning his first one out series that he does. This is surely not what he expected. Pat, the avatar for the season, is the first to go home and not by way of Tribal Council as the... Uh, avid clock watchers might have noticed as the episode began to wound, wind down. Yeah, he went home due to a medical evacuation. And before we get into all of it, I just want to know like what your reaction was, Ty. I was I was not a clock watcher this episode, and it sucks because we talked about it in the preview episode. He was the guy that this season was essentially formed and molded around and he's gone and like you feel for the guy this is what he's wanted since season one and to see him go out not fighting not swinging but to see him go out you know what i basically thought was paralyzed luckily we find out that he has made a recovery as the end credits told us but i did not it was a down moment like you said and it's never fun to see someone get hurt but it kept in line with what this episode was and i think it was a great first episode and it's not the ideal ending but it's an ending that almost fits better than a tribal council in a way jeff will be the first to tell you literally as the body is being dragged off the beach he'll already be <laughs> like ranting about the theme of the damn show <laughs> He he has a way with words, and he just knows, like, weirdly, you don't want to hear what he has to say because it's going to be corny, but it's also, like, so pointed and so well done that you're like, wait, did I just get advice I don't want to hear, but he made it sound cheerful, and now we have to move on from watching our, our boy get medevaced off of a beach in a hurricane? Yeah, he can rub people the wrong way, and... I don't know. I, I thought it was a little too soon to maybe <laughs> jump all into the David thing, but we'll we'll get into it. Um, yeah, so Pat, obviously, like you mentioned, 40 years old, applied for Survivor every season except the first one, according to him, and was giving off a lot of strong vibes before the game. A lot of strong vibes in this episode led the way building the shelter, and some people were a little annoyed by his... New Yorkerness, which I appreciated because it was that's just how a lot of New Yorkers are. They're just the most straightforward 
tell tell you exactly what you need to do and exactly what they're thinking kind of people. And uh, of course, they all talked nice about him when the, when the stuff went down. But um, mm-hmm. who knows what would have happened, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But they lose this challenge. They lose the immunity challenge. And they are riding, as we mentioned, 15 miles from the site of the challenge back to camp when in the midst of tropical whatever Josie, by the way, tropical storm, uh, cyclone, I forget. Yeah, I I think it was a cyclone. And the boat is bouncing around. Apparently, Pat, his back cracks in some way. And they realize that they need they end up going back to the challenge beach because he was in so much pain they pull him off in a stretcher which is about where you start to see what's happening on tv uh they gave him morphine according to jeff and it became clear to them and i think to the viewer that he was not going to be able to keep going you could hear them asking if they if he could even hear them and he was sometimes sort of responding and uh later getting into like a really depressing series of of repetitive uh phrases about not wanting to leave like i can't this isn't how i'm gonna go no like i can't do this and it was really hard to watch not like this not like this and it it was just to, uh, they clearly couldn't have kept him in the game in the state he was in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk about Dr. Joe surprisingly a lot on this podcast, but obviously Survivor staff is great at knowing when you can't continue. And this isn't the first medevac. I, I did see that it was the second medevac to ever take place on the first episode that's right. not confusing to say it i don't really know how to say it in a less confusing way it was the second but, first one out medevac but yeah i mean survivor does a great job of assessing when people can and cannot continue and i mean we've talked about it uh, one of our favorite survivors joe del campo he had to get medevac and i don't think i mean it's always tough to go out especially when it's not game related but I don't know. I have a I have a feeling we'll see Pat again. I have a feeling that his time on Survivor is not done, and I think that's just a hope. Um, might just be a wish that I'm having. Well, he says he wants to come back. I, I read in the Hollywood Reporter. He said, "I live by a motto right now. There's been a lot of returning players to Survivor. I look at this season as God having a plan." It was destiny that I was put on David versus Goliath. This is just one more path David has to take to reach the final goal. This season, I named it as the prequel to my sequel. I want to play again. I most certainly want to play again. I hope I get to play again. We shall see. He's already 40 years old and has a... He at least now has a history of back problems. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what kind of medical screening they have to get out there, but surely people will want to see him get another chance. He he's convinced Nick would have been the one to go go home, which is what was presented in the edit. I would say, as far as his condition, because they were extremely vague about it on the show. All they said, not even at the end of the episode, at the end of the previews for the next episode, was Pat was treated for his injuries and has made a full recovery. I, I have yet to see a very specific description, other than that he was hospitalized for three days. And after three days, he went back to Ponderosa and was was actually able to go on the short vacation that the pre-jury people get to go on and was healthy enough to, to, to join in on that. He told The Hollywood Reporter he was back to exercising a week after the accident. He later found out, and I don't know if this is the cause or an effect or just a simultaneous thing, that he had mild spinal deterioration which is common for someone who works as a maintenance manager and the accident may have aggravated the condition. So now he's going through physical therapy to help strengthen his core and his spine and get muscles rebuilt around his back due to disc deterioration. Other than that, I feel great. I'm almost at 125%. I never want to be at 100%. I want to be better than 100%. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we shall see. And apparently there's more storms coming. Tropical Cyclone Kenny is coming in a couple weeks. Keep keep them safe. 
Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of weather moments. We've been told there's going to be a lot of weather moments early I, on. Yeah. I just wonder, I guess the fact that there are a bunch of them coming is an argument against this, but as I hear thunder outside my own window right now, it was day three and surely the tropical cyclone was on the radar already. Like, I wonder if you delay the game. I mean, obviously you can't foresee something this specific happening, but I don't just, I don't know how you draw the line. And obviously this is their job. And I assume that they do a, uh, very good job of it because they're a huge network. It's, this isn't like a small channel that 12 people watch. That's just trying to like do something crazy. Like this is CBS. And I don't know. I, I guess that could be an argument against what I'm saying to big network. They think they can buy their way out of anything. But yeah, I, I just kept thinking after the show, like, did this even have to happen? You know? Yeah. And that's tough. I mean, that's a, you can't pre- predict weather and you can't predict a freak accident happening. Like you said, but in some ways, it almost feels like this cast is slighted by the fact they have to deal with a hurricane for the first three to five days, and then uh, there's going to be another one coming on the heels of it. So it's like it's not fair, but I don't know. I'm sure they have deadlines and stuff they have to meet because you know as soon as they finish this season, they start recording the next season a few weeks later because there's only certain times you can film or whatever. But yeah, I mean it. It kind of sucks. We Millennials versus Gen X, when we were talking to Michelle, she talked about they actually evacuated them one night from the beach to Ponderosa or wherever it was and then brought them back. And that didn't even make, you know, the edit. It didn't make the cut. So whether something they deal with, and I, from hearing that story, they take it seriously, but it just stinks that that caused someone's game to be derailed. Yeah, that's the main thing is just a bummer. It's one of those things that we're not not really equipped to even talk about in some ways. Like, I don't want to draw a direct line between these, but like when Survivor goes outside of Survivor, like the Zeke Varner thing, like we get on the podcast and all of a sudden we're like, uh, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah. And for the record, uh, Jeff says they are, um, they do a lot to make sure the players can be in their experience. His quote was, I want players to know that if we're not coming and the rain is dumping, it's because you're okay. Even though you're miserable, you're safe. If you see the boat show up, then you're not safe. We're looking out for you. Yeah, I mean... And, 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 they, and they, I meant to say that, and they also sent the Davids an emergency fire-making kit and tarp on that day. Yeah, it's... It's called Survivor, so these people know what they're signing up for, you know? And in an event like this, it sucks, but it's also like you're getting the experience that millions of people want. Are you really going to complain about rain for a week? I Like, it sucks, and I get that. But if you look at the David tribe, the David tribe ended up all kind of huddling in the shelter and sharing their life story within 48 hours of knowing each other. So it's... It's almost like a hidden blessing to be forced to immediately band together with people that you don't know and work together. And I think that's something great about this game is the unexpected things that they have to go through. Whether that's weather, whether that's lightning outside Taylor's window, whether that was that's bright. That was very bright. That's um, the other thing, like you can hear it now maybe living in florida i have a lot of experience with not being able to predict the weather because there are hurricanes that you know that are coming and to prepare for and then sometimes you get hit with hurricane level storms just in the afternoon (laughs) so you know you just gotta do the best you can and i guess you have to trust in jeff i mean i i don't think you know it would stop me like i think i that's i think i ultimately probably agree with you in in maybe more generous terms i don't know like i just i trust them to keep me safe and this does feel more like a freak thing than some kind of inevitability due to the situation so yeah um 
I don't know. Any, anything else? Any last words for Pat? Yeah. Uh, getting back to Pat going home, it stinks. Um, he had a pretty funny montage in this episode where he was, you know, maybe saying some crude jokes, things that people aren't used to hearing anymore, and was kind of painted as one of the people on the chopping block anyways. But I think once people got to know him, he seemed to have a place in the tribe. And it it stinks to see him go home this way, and I'm sad that he went home because I actually thought he was going to be one of the few fun characters on the David tribe, but I am very surprised by how much the rest of his tribe did as far as storytelling, as far as being entertaining. So I'm sad to see Pat go, and I hope to see him again. Yeah, good luck to Pat. You know, keep doing you. I Getting into it, I think, as we try to uh, zoom out to the rest of the episode, I, I actually thought this was a pretty good premiere. My hot take, dis- despite what all the thought leaders were talking about on Twitter, your uh, Gordon Holmes's, your Fishbacks, your Andy Dennert, our friend from the other day. A lot of people were very negative about the theme, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'll get there in three weeks knowing me. But something about Survivor just being back and filled with a very sharp contrast between people, I just was into, like, like we talked about before, like, Probst getting into it with the David references seconds after Pat's stretcher is put in a helicopter was, like, maybe a little callous, but for some reason at the beginning, I I was kind of enjoying this divide that he was trying to build and the way that the characters and the people were playing into it. And, uh, despite myself, I just, I just had a good time with it. (laughs) Yeah. And it is one of those themes. And we've talked about themes, the last few islands with triple H millennials versus Gen X ghost islands, you name it blood versus water just these themes they keep coming up with and i hope it's not just because they made this first episode so well but i hope we do have this like underdog want to cheer for them and then the successful goliaths over there kind of struggle a little bit like they won immunity but it doesn't feel like they won because most of this episode centered around the David tribe anyways. And I, you know, that's kind of foreshadowing that one of them is going to go home and you have to know who they are, but it was, uh, they picked a lot. They picked a good cast to convey David versus Goliath. And I was totally on board and thought that it was done well. It's one episode keeping my fingers crossed though. I've loved it. Yeah. I, I'm concerned about the challenges. I think the, First challenge was almost too easy. I guess in theory they didn't think the slide puzzle would would be something that uh like something that Christian has written like a thesis on, but <laughs> it did seem like they were able to pick these advantages and then they just won really easily and then in the normal challenge, the immunity challenge, they just didn't have as much of a chance. I I don't know how close it was. It seemed kind of close. But Yeah, it seemed close, but I mean, they really did fall behind when, I need to get his name right, Carl, just couldn't dig under the bar. And that was the only kind of physical thing where they fell behind because I thought even when they got to the number line or number cubes, whatever whatever Jeff called it, they were in there and they were competing equally. So it was really just one sort of physical thing where Carl got exhausted and that kind of lost it for him. Your preseason final three pick, Christian, was probably the airtime MVP of this episode, definitely for the Davids. What, what, what did you think of his opening night performance? Dude, I loved that he was kind of picked. I loved his goofy little robot shirt tucked into his khaki pants, and I I liked him getting along with Gabby. Like, night one, I am pretty hyped on this guy because we talked about it a lot last season with kind of Wendell as narrator and that boded boded that bode well for him (laughs) that went well for him that baited (laughs) but that went well for him so uh I'm hoping Christian kind of 
has the same role and he gets to stick around. I'm hoping they're not just setting him up for someone that's going to go home early because... I loved him also after winning that challenge being like, uh, it wasn't a really fair fight. Yeah, he's like, Jeff, didn't have you guys not checked me out? Like, you should have known I wrote a program to solve slide puzzles. Like, it this was going to take me five seconds no matter what you said. And I did. I really loved his first episode, and I I love the alliances that he's making. I don't know what did you what did you think of him? Yeah, we we of? can talk about Dan and Kara, but Christian and Gabby was my favorite showmance of the week by far, <laughs> because it was like the kind of <laughs> how do I say this? The kind of flirtation that someone like me understands more than <laughs> more than more than Dan walking up and being like. You're my kryptonite, babe. (laughs) (laughs) You're so blonde and so hot. (laughs) And like, I just, I'm I'm like, now that I'm jacked, I can't believe girls look at me. And and meanwhile, meanwhile, Christian's just like, yeah, um, I'm I'm like weird and neurotic too. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, he's talking to the camera and he's like, uh, I think we could be a good threat, uh, a good couple threat, a, a platonic couple threat, of course. Because, uh, like, a, a girl wouldn't like me. Like, I don't know why a girl would like me. Like, look at me. I mean, I'm, I'm like, so nerdy and weird and, like, uh, like you know, the, just girls don't like people like me. And, then, <laughs> and Dan is just like, I found it. I had a butt. I also got these hot girls. <laughs> Which is more important. <laughs> Just an amazing contrast that was one of the reasons I think I enjoyed the theme this week. Because for those who are struggling with, like, what is a David? What is a Goliath? I I really think it's as simple as a David is an unconfident person (laughs) and a Goliath is an overconfident person. Not to say that there aren't confident people on David, but, like, people who are vulnerable seem like they are Davids and the people who are who, <laughs> I'm always the number one person to, to bash fraternities but like people who, <laughs> the people who seem like they'd be in Greek life are like the, <laughs> the Goliaths <laughs> yeah and you were just talking about the vulnerability David because we got to see a whole lot of their tribe we got to hear like three or four backstories of people we got to hear about oh it got um, deep it was like yeah. kind of weirdly edited and kind of hard to take in, but but definitely gets you a little emotional. Yeah, hearing about B and Jessica and even Carl a little bit where he was like, I don't respect people that don't work. Sometimes I got to drive for like 36 hours without stopping to pee. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, keep going, Carl. Yeah, I think um, we talked a little bit about it in the preseason, but B talked about being in a relationship with a domestic abuser for five years and now she's an mma fighter who offers free self-defense lessons for women and jessica talked about her mom being in a i guess a similar relationship she's a little more vague on details and nick who we i know we talked about this he brought up his mom dying of a drug overdose about three probably three and a half years ago now but like three years ago when the show was filming and it got, I guess to my earlier point, like it got emotional and vulnerable really quickly while the Goliaths were on the other beach just kind of posturing and like like staring at each other and like, oh, are, are, are you going to go look for an idol? Oh, are, I'm going to go look for an idol. We'll talk about that too, by the way. But, but yeah, I, I just found all of the Davids to be like really just like cool people. Mm-hmm. And I've thought, I'll just say this, the first episode lived up to what I wanted, which was a group of vulnerable weirdos versus a group of overconfident jerks. And I hope it (laughs) veers even more into that direction, personally. I hope that the effect of the theme psychologically gets into the players' heads. And on the Goliath tribe, you have someone like John, who's literally, like, flinging himself through bars, kicking 
David's in the face as he's doing it during immunity. Kicking, yeah, kicking 19-year-old girls in the face. Kicking women. I was like, what is happening? But, like, it was just such a great contrast to see the difference in people. Like, the big egos of the Goliath tribe and everyone's, like, like you said, posturing for position and trying to be top dog. And then the David tribe's just like, oh, let's be friends and, like, talk about our feelings. And What was you know, your least got- favorite nickname of John's? Because... I'm really torn between George Bushy of Tushy and Abraham Lincoln. I I think I loved it because it was my least favorite was Abraham Lincoln because he kept talking about he's like playing this character down in Mexico now and they hate everything American and he's like trying to talk about how Americans are better and yeah, I know. The Americans were great, right? We're totally we're so, kind. We're so kind to them. We're kind what... and inclusive to everybody. All right. Don't question that. Uh, um so those are really good i he he listed off too many for me to remember but the, that was the one that really stuck out is like oh my gosh this is ridiculous i just was confused by george bushy of tushy because it was making up a word to, to make it rhyme with something <laughs> nonetheless i i think what they did a good job of in this episode which we're indirectly talking about is showing camp life and you and i have praised that often on survivor because they tend to just show these tried and true beats that they've learned over 36, 37 seasons. And it's just more spontaneous and real when you get to watch people just kind of meeting and hanging out. And I thought we got a lot of that. that and it, it showed a lot of character. Like even something as small as Dan telling his story about being fat and then becoming going from like overweight to SWAT cop and hot cop. And... Natalie being like, you fine, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) I just loved that. And speaking of that, they pushed themselves a little bit in a way that I was pleasantly surprised by because idol finding has become very obvious and predictable over the years. Mm -hmm. And they did something that actually surprised me which was everyone looking and then they're showing an interview with Dan. He's like, yeah, everybody was out looking today and uh, like for no reason because I have it. And he pulled it out (laughs) and you're like, wait, what? And then they obviously backtracked and showed you what happened and him finding it with the hot girls and being excited that he found it with the hot girls. But (laughs) it was like a nice little twist and I'm all for them finding new ways to tell this story that they've told over and over, you know? Yeah, it was really funny. Because Mike, show writer Mike, goes off and he's looking and everyone's like, oh, you're putting a target on your back. And he's like, dude, I'm here playing Survivor. Like, <laughs> I'm just By the excited. way, really indicative quote for him based off what we've talked about already. He said, I was looking not because I needed it, but because I wanted it. <laughs> yeah, he just, he's there because like he just wants to play Survivor, but he also doesn't care how it goes for him, which is, it's like this weird like, I want to like the guy for how nonchalant he is, but at the same time, I, like, hate him for how nonchalant he is. That Goliath child, to, before you get back to your point, they just totally lived up to their expectations of, like, being the beauty tribe because they immediately isolated the two oldest, least physical people. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, this is how this is going to go. Yeah. But, I mean, like, like getting back to the idol stuff, yeah, Mike started it going off, wandering, looking by himself, and... Then it kind of went to this montage of like, oh, well, he's off looking and made it obvious. I guess I'm free to go look. I guess I'm free to go look. And like one by one, everybody's in the jungle, like turning rocks over, checking in trees, finding whatever they can. I saw like three or four times they edited somebody looking around the water watering hole and like because you remember a few seasons ago when you had to pour it and the symbol showed up and like it was just so funny to see the distrust in the Goliath tribe contrasted with the trust of the David tribe and I think that was what really resonated for me from that whole thing I think this season our award for the Chelsea or the JT or whatever is going to be called the Dolphins Swimming Through the Ocean Award because it felt to me like the Dolphins in this episode got a solid 10 seconds of screen time. And that felt like a lot in a premiere. Especially because, like, I wonder whether you could even tell me who, like, Jeremy is. Like, do you know a Jeremy? I never heard of Jeremy. What, what is, who's that guy? 
Apparently he's on the Goliath tribe. Mm. I will tell I would have nominated Davey, but he had maybe my favorite moment of the episode <laughs> where he caught an octopus and just freaked out. And they, I actually am surprised because obviously there's always some people who don't get a lot of screen time, but I was surprised how many people got into this episode. And I guess it's because there was no tribal and they went a solid hour and 20 minutes just showing people hanging out, doing stuff. It was just a delight, a lot of it. The, the octopus thing was sort of the pinnacle of that, of people just hanging out, having a good time. Yeah, I, I loved seeing that, especially because, you know, we talked about in preseason how he arrived late and everybody was kind of worried about him. And that did not come through in this edit at all. He was immediately part of the tribe. He told everyone that he's a self-proclaimed blurred. Somehow he caught an octopus and then I think it was B started cooking it. We got to see Elizabeth and Lyrsa talking. Like like you said, there was a lot of screen time available for people and it it worked out well because I met definitely the whole David tribe and probably half the Goliath tribe got enough time that I know who they are. Yeah, I guess Alec didn't get a lot of time. I thought I, I liked what I saw from the girls. Uh they were in in keeping with the rest of the Goliath tribe, like very cocky in some ways but angelina natalia and allison who was your winner pick Mm -hmm. just had a very determined vibe to them that came off smarter than a lot of the goliaths did even if they were at times maybe a little too vocal like natalia was like calling out natalie a lot but i liked allison and angelina sort of making a pact i guess it didn't pay off <laughs> but I, I didn't even think of that until right now but making a pact to find the immunity idol because apparently only 15 percent of women have found immunity idols in all of history of survivor or something it's like 85 percent of it has been men and then even as they're saying that dan is finding it but uh i was all for uh equal opportunity idols you know it's 2018 <laughs> but yeah it's it's kind of a tough episode to take stock of as a whole because Overall, the energy was really good, and the emotion was compelling, and the characters were interesting, and uh, I felt like a lot of that energy, like, I don't, I guess this isn't to the show's discredit or anything, but a lot of that energy just kind of got sucked out by the ending. Like, I felt like I was getting really sucked into the game and then pulled right back to real life at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's not it's not the high note that you want to end an episode on, especially when you get great things like Christian had a montage where he just kept going on about slide puzzles. <laughs> and I think that was like the very beginning of the episode and like right at that moment I was like, "Oh my gosh, A, he's going to be a great character. B, this is going to be a great episode and hopefully a great season. Hopefully that gets to continue." Yeah, and like we said before, it was just a really tough way to go out because it was hard to watch. Like, if you've ever seen someone suffer in your life, like, it was, like, too real where he was... There was a point where he said, where am I? I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And that's, like... It's just tough. Like, it is kind of something I appreciated about this episode because at the beginning of it... Well, before all this, I, ha- I I was thinking, I was taking notes and watching it, and I, I started to write something, and I was like, I don't like the way they're comparing people and putting them into these, like, you guys are losers, you guys are awesome boxes. <laughs> but then, like, I was writing the note, and I was like, oh, well, it's a little uncomfortable. And then as I kept writing, I was like, well, it's also kind of awesome, but but it, it it's also kind of terrible, that the way they're comparing people, but I think I kind of love it because it's like entertaining, but I think I kind of hate it also. And it was like it, this whole episode from beginning to end was like that thematically where I found it compelling if a little contrived, but uncomfortable and, and definitely enjoyable and watchable at the same time. <laughs> if I can throw any more contradictory words in there. It was happy yet sad. It was cold yet kind of warm, you know? It was really inviting yet I wanted to stay at arm's length. Are you on thesaurus.com? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, dictionary.com. <laughs> I don't know how to spell thesaurus. <laughs> um, it's like it's a dinosaur. It's like a dinosaur. It, it, it would have been funny, too, if Nick, the guy who decided he wanted to name every single alliance, but was only able to name one... <laughs> <laughs> had been voted out in the first episode because that would have that's a big promise to just have taken away from us right away but not not that there was a lot of optimism on my end because the only one he named he called thoroughbreds so whatever (laughs) i did find it interesting his point about how easy it is to team up with people on the first day because a lot of it was just walking up to someone and saying i feel good about you tell me if you hear anything and them saying okay i'll do the same and that, that was pretty much it <laughs> yeah we got a lot of that this episode and it's it's funny to watch these tribal lines be drawn because even in like my notes talking about this i say okay elizabeth and lisa are connecting and then later they show nick so i'm like so maybe nick and then my next line in my notes is christian and gabby are trying to become an alliance maybe nick so nick is kind of in this like weird thing where he wants to be friends with everybody, but he's not willing to work. I think he had that quote that he was like, well, I'm not going to use all my energy to help build a shelter. I'm going to save that energy for challenges or whatever. And like, he's trying to be in alliances, but he's not willing to give anything. He just wants to take, if that makes any sense. He also, this doesn't bode well for him thought that he he even said something to the effect of ah, if you know how to do it you don't have to work hard but everyone noticed and it did not go well yeah he he's a wild card for me right now especially because he was more interesting than i thought he would be he was but even so this was what was weird they showed kind of b talking to jessica and comforting and all these situations and then he's like it's clearly like eight hours later when the sun is down. He's like, maybe I'll try and be vulnerable. Uh, guys, <laughs> be, I have a... To be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was kind of To be awkward. real, it was edited in a way in a way where, like, everyone was asleep. And he was like, hey, guys, wake up. Like, they were literally showing people, like, sitting up and wiping their eyes and being like, oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> I, and I don't mean to laugh at it, because it was, it was an open emotional moment, but it was just the way it was presented was so awkward that I couldn't help but notice. I, I generally felt, though, that as easy as it seems for them to bond, like, I, I wrote in my notes just telling people you'll tell them if you hear about them is all you need to do, but it did kind of feel like people were just, like, jiving well like Mm -hmm. carl and davy walking together on the beach was like they just seemed like they were comfortable with each other and i I don't know if that's like from a history of watching survivor and being like usually there's only one black guy out here and now there's two of us (laughs) but because one of them even said something to the effect of like we have to stick together and uh but yeah but but outside of that it, it there were people like them and and like Gabby and Christian and even like Lyrsa and Elizabeth who just kind of seemed like they actually got along and were not really faking it as much as like Nick was with people. I, yeah. I, I do want to know your take on Kara and, and Dan, because <laughs> as, as weirdly overconfident as he was there, there was a little bit of a vibe from her and you were our expert. You were, you were our resident expert on this last season. So I want to hear what you have to say. Oh man. She did kind of give him the, like, oh, yeah, like, thanks. I, you're, I like you, too. <laughs> I didn't hear that as much as I did from other possible showmances or fake showmances. They, they seem like they're really excited to be out. And there was, like, there was a lot of hugging. And Dan even brings up, like, kissing. Like Oh, I, yeah, was, like, right away. <laughs> like, right away. And... It, this is something that I hope, as a viewer who wants to be entertained, <laughs> I hope that this goes for about two or three weeks and then something blows up. But Well, I mean, I could give you the major spoiler, which we've talked about, actually. Um, so if, if you haven't heard it, just 
ignore me, but like Alec and Kara have already gotten in trouble for taking pictures with each other and posting them on Instagram. So bad news, Dan. Bad news, Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. But I think I just think it's a fun sort of storyline to have now maybe they're pushing it because survivor likes to push it and they see that you know people love it maybe they want a big brother type vibe i have no idea but this was her quote (laughs) dan is one of the nicest people i've met he's hilarious it's clear that he's drawn to me which of course makes it impossible for me not to be drawn to him talking around it to me sounds like she's talking around it does that mean we're gonna do the showmance well you know we can't put targets on our back but he went all in with the kissing thing. Here's this. <laughs> this is the best quote. I'm becoming the person. This is Dan after he found the idol. I'm becoming the person I want to be in my life. I found an idol with the most beautiful girls in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Gainesville's finest right there. He could never be a David. No, he could never be. Maybe a hundred pounds ago he could have been David, but. I just, I just don't believe it. I feel like he. there's no way you change that much <laughs> with 100 pounds. Like, for him to come out... I, we're spending way too much time on this, but... We are. Well, let's talk about... Okay, we're we're showing another... our vulnerability, David style over here. I don't even think... I, I feel like other podcasts might have been like, so w- which do you feel like you are, David or Goliath? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have much <laughs> question. <laughs> David. We're a couple of Davids hanging out. <laughs> we. I actually listened back to our... <laughs> post-mortem from last season with michelle schubert and in that episode we talked about how bringing david right on would make this the ultimate david podcast (laughs) (laughs) not wrong um jumping back over to the goliath tribe what did you think of natalie because i feel like what i said in preseason sort of played itself out in this episode and where did you for those of you that don't remember, I said I think she's going to be a great CEO, but not great at Survivor. I feel like that's what we saw the first episode, but what did, what were you seeing from her? Just my worst fears for her. I, <laughs> I thought as the oldest person, she needed to just not get noticed in the early days. It's interesting how important that is to just not be noticed because every season you see the same montage of so-and-so directing people on how to make the shelter and then like four people being like he's kind of bossy (laughs) and like she did the worst thing which was to be noticed and also be the oldest and like we mentioned before like her and mike got isolated instantly and i immediately feel like they are in danger for at least the first like 12 days now. Yeah, she did not play her cards well. She immediately got out there and started being bossy. And it was like one of those situations where she's like, I'm successful in real life. I'm also great at talking to people. But you just forget how bad people are with directness. And like, I mean, I'm bad with it. Like, I've fortunately had multiple bosses that are very direct so like i've i've learned to how to deal with it but Mm -hmm. or or like that it's just the way that people talk sometimes but i there definitely is a vibe of like a lot of these young people going out on survivor and just not knowing how to deal with that (laughs) and just taking it the wrong way yeah here comes my soapbox moment that's definitely like you were saying a product of the culture people just don't like to be told what to do like they want to discover or learn from themselves and if you have someone like natalie who is successful you know she worked her way out of south central la she said now she's the ceo of a newspaper who like she's very successful but i don't necessarily want to go out there and be told how to have a shelter built by a newspaper ceo you know what i'm saying like she might feel like she knows the best way to do it but I don't want to listen to her, even if she does know better than me. And I think that's just a way that our culture feels right now in general. And that played itself out. Speaking of our culture, you must have at least loved the Bible references. I think someone called out David ultimately becoming a king and after defeating Goliath. Not not just beating him, but ruling the world. Yeah, but we got to wait and see who Bathsheba is because David was not always high and mighty. Not a Bible podcast. All right, Ty, speaking of high and mighty, I think it's time to bring back the power rankings. Let's do it. 
I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. Who is your top player of the week? Oh, number one? We're not doing a top three? Well, I mean, we'll do all three, but I want to hear number one first. Wow, number one first. I gotta say... Christian. Christian stole the show in episode one, and like I love that that happened because you know I wanted him in my top three anyways. So I am just absolutely thrilled with the way episode one turned out especially for him what about you who you got number one i I guess i can't believe i'm saying this but i also think christian was the most interesting slash impressive slash entertaining slash smart and surprisingly capable player of the week I feel like I was a little more down on him in the preseason, but I I liked what I saw here. And I'm hopeful that working with the nerd whisperer, Gabby, he can make some noise. <laughs> so where does that leave you number two? Does that leave you with Gabby or are you going in another direction? I'm going to just give away the top three because I would say Dan is probably my number two just because... He got a lot of time, found an idol, and basically appears like he has a clean path to, like, the merge already. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just, he's just one of those people, like, this happens a lot with, like, strong dudes where, like, after one episode, you're just like, oh, they're not going anywhere for a while. So, we're yet to see how good he will be, but I will say he's probably my number two, and Gabby would probably be my number three, and I just thought... Similar to Christian, she got a really good edit of being like an empathetic, kind person who didn't really rub anyone the wrong way and also seemed to get along well with a lot of people, despite her never really being the center, which is kind of what you want in the early going. And like I said, just that dynamic of her and Christian is is too hard for me to pass up as a as a David here, you know? yeah. I was cheering for David. I think for me, number two, I'm going to have to say it's B because I think she, Mm. the quick little edit of them all sitting around, I think she earned her right to be heard, which is a very big thing with people nowadays is you have, you can't just bark orders like Natalie was doing. You have to earn your right to be heard. And I think seeing her kind of team up with Jessica, maybe a little bit and with Carl, for me, that kind of put her in at least an alliance of three right now is what it sort of feels like. And I think she has the second most notable voice on the David tribe. Pat obviously was number one, but he got sent home. And Christian is just doing really well for himself. So I, I got B sitting at two, which is... It could go either way. I could see her fading away into oblivion, but right now I think she's in a good spot. And then Dan is definitely number three for me. He was really the center. Yeah, he was really the center point for the Goliath tribe this week. And if you're the center point for a tribe that really didn't get a whole lot of screen time other than cast introduction i feel like they introduced goliath but they didn't go deep with goliath david they went deep and of the people they didn't go deep with dan you got the most depth with him being the fat cop and then really wanting swat and working hard and getting two girlfriends and finding an immunity idol and like all these things just going well for him i have him at number three three five two i actually stand by my original assessment of him too where like Everything that we're making fun of him for, like, sounds like it's worth making fun of. But watching him, I also, like, just really liked him despite all of that, which was Mm. kind of the same feeling I got from his early interviews where, like, he doesn't sound like someone I would like, but then he's just very charming and there's something earnest about him that I appreciate. Shout out to Ernest. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) Shout out to show. Yeah. Uh... Hats off. We love Ernest. He commented on our Instagram the other day. He's always there. Ernest is like State Farm. Do you know that, Ernest? I know you're in Australia, so maybe you don't know State Farm slogans, but like a good neighbor, Ernest is there. That's, I don't know. Look it up. It's on YouTube. This minute of the podcast is is devoted to Ernest. Yeah, and obviously the Gainesville thing. 
makes it easy. So mm-hmm. he's. I mean, I just love. We get to see a Gainesville shirt every time he's walking around. Oh man, yeah. So I thought it was a worthy premiere. I'm. I'm I was really glad to be back after our break, and I. I just kind of liked having Survivor back in my life. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I love the new wrinkle with the marooning challenge. I love the just the dynamics of the people. I hope this shapes up to be a good season. I hope it shapes up to be a millennials versus Gen X type season where there's no one you really hate and you can ultimately cheer for anyone at any given moment. And I hope this season turns out that way. And so far it has turned out that way. One episode in. I might be speaking too early, but I really enjoyed it, and I'm happy it's back. I will hold my horses a little bit because last season, the first few episodes, I was I was pretty on board, and they slowly took me off as the season went on. But for now, I'm in for the ride. Survivor David vs. Goliath, one of the most intriguing matchups of all time, as Jeff described it, as if the Bible story was like a sporting event that... <laughs> People, like, bought tickets, too. <laughs> and here's our tale of the tape. Goliath standing <laughs> at 9 foot 7 and a reach of 77 inches. I don't know. <laughs> taking on David at 5 foot 2 in a sling. I still think it's a slingshot, not a sling. But we can debate about that off air. <laughs> anyway, we're back on the island, and we're glad to be back. So go... Rate and review and follow us at On the Island Pod and stay tuned because we have a lot of interesting shows lined up for this year and I think it's going to be a great season. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for Survivor to be in full swing. I didn't realize how long summer was until there was no Survivor in my life to look forward to. Don't worry, it's still summer here. I just took my dog out at like 9 p.m. and it was still 95 degrees so only a few more months of summer in florida (laughs) only a few more months that's all we've got i feel like we're rambling as always that's taylor Gaines. you can follow him you can follow me tyler b commons these are our twitters you're the one who knows how to ramble if i just stay silent long enough you just start rambling that's it friends time to go that's it that's all best of wishes to pat and You know what? Best of wishes to everyone. Have a great week. We'll be back next week on the island Survivor Week 2. Come back. We'll probably have a guest. If everything goes according to plan, the Davids will have a guest. Good day. Bye. I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh, okay.